let's say, for instance, I say, it seems like if I start tracking this, out of every 30 people I ask to buy my shirt, about 10 of them buy. Well, I know I don't need to set the goal to sell 10 t-shirts. I need to set the goal to ask 30 people. That I can control. So I'm not a failure if I actually go ask 30 people. Today, I'm talking with entrepreneur, speaker, and podcast king, David Shands. His podcast, Social Proof, has helped countless listeners pursue their business goals and is rated as one of the top entrepreneurship podcasts out there. In our conversation, David and I talk about his entrepreneurship journey from working at the Cheesecake Factory to taking a chance and starting his own business to how he became the entrepreneur, speaker, and mentor he is today. We also talk about his daily morning meetup community and why he loves empowering entrepreneurs to grow and scale their businesses. David and I not only share a love for podcasting, but also a deep religious faith, which has played an integral part in allowing us to bet on ourselves. He attributes his success not only to his own hard work, but to the sometimes mysterious forces that helped shape his life. David is a savvy and intuitive entrepreneur. His experiences have provided him with thought-provoking insights into life and business. If you want a good dose of entrepreneurial wisdom, strategic tips for life, and reflection on what it means to be successful, then you'll get a kick out of this episode. Here's my conversation with David Shands. David, thank you for hopping on the podcast. I know your schedule is incredibly busy with all the podcasting you are doing. It's an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Ready to get this party started. Help, help some people. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So I'm intrigued with your story as I did some diving into your, your story and journey. But before we get there, obviously the theme of this show is about betting on yourself. And I want to ask you before we get started, what has that meant to you? Or what is that meaning to you to bet on yourself? I tell a quick story. I was asking my friend, he's really versed in kind of stocks and trading and stuff like that. I was asking him, hey, uh, what, you know, stocks should I invest in? You know, where, you know, I've got, let's say $5,000, $10,000, and I want to put it into a stock. And what he said was, before I tell you what stock you're going to put this money into, I have to ask you a question. Give me a number of what you want to invest in a stock. And I said, well, let's say 10,000. And he says, well, a major upside to that would be your 10,000 turning into 12,000. Like if you put $10,000 into an investment and it comes back at 12,000, you made a 20% return on your money. He said, but if you had $10,000 and you were going to put it into a business, by the end of the year, how much would it turn into? I said, I turned it to 100000 So he says, so why are you putting money into a stock and not putting money into your own business? I said, mm. oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I should be putting more money into myself. I should be betting on myself because essentially I would rather feel more comfortable betting on a company to grow my money than myself or... People put a lot of money into sports betting, meaning I trust LeBron James or the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors with my money, but I don't trust myself. So I think it's just really, really important that you bet on yourself. Mm. 
and you've had to do that throughout your whole entire life. Is there a moment that stands out more than any other? Every day. I mean, I when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, I took all of my tips and I bought a bunch of t-shirts and my goal was I'm taking the money that I'm going to pay for rent and bills and things of that nature to put into these t-shirts. But my idea is I'll have the money back before rent is due. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was a gamble because if I didn't have the money back, then I can get kicked out of my apartment, but it worked out and I've never stopped that process. I like what you said. It's every day, right? And you do not strike me as someone who's risk averse. Where did that come from? Mom and dad, environment growing up? Life just puts you in certain scenarios where you you just pick up things, right? I mean, some things are taught, but some things are caught. So if you're around a bunch of entrepreneurs and you're around, you, you always, you know, have these ideas and these dreams and these visions and you'll find yourself around other people that do the same. So I can't really pinpoint exactly where my mindset comes from, because that would be arrogant. Like, how can you explain good fortune? How can you explain God sending certain people in your life to help you, right? I mean, you could say that you did it all yourself or you're a self-made whatever, but I don't think that's true for anybody because there's always somebody along the way that helps you. But that person coming, how can you explain that? So I don't know why when I was a kid, I'm raking leaves on my own grass because my father said so. And I look across the street and I'm like, oh, wow, they got leaves on their grass, too. Maybe (laughs) they want me to maybe they want me to rake theirs and they'll give me some money for it. Where does that idea come from? I don't know. I believe God just shows me to give me the mind that I have. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we all have these gifts. Yeah. That's the one thing that links us beyond the podcasting aspect is our faith in God. Talk about that foundational piece and how that's guided you through your your whole life. Which piece? What do you mean exactly? Your faith in general. It's changed over the years. Uh, My faith initially was in the church, God, the Bible, and Jesus. But the faith wasn't backed by anything. It was only backed by what someone told me to believe, right? So whether it's my mom, dad, pastor at the time, but now I have faith in the same things, but I came across a church where I can now defend my faith. So understanding that the Bible is a book of prophecy, right? So if you can understand what the prophecy is, you can have faith in the Bible. Like for instance, in Job, 26 and Job 36, he describes the law of gravity. So he looks, he writes down that the world is suspended over nothing, meaning it just hangs in space, right? But at that time, people didn't believe that. People didn't believe, people thought that the world was either flat and if you get to the edge, you'll fall off, or the world was on the back of a man named Atlas, or it was on the back of a slow-moving turtle, right? We we couldn't describe it. We didn't have these tools, right? But Job wrote about it, meaning there's no way that Job would know that without having divine insight. So how would Job know that the earth just hangs in space and suspended over nothing? Well, in the 17th century, Sir Isaac Newton discovers the law of gravity, meaning the Bible was 1,500 years before the science figured it out. 
And then in Job 36, he starts describing the evaporation, condensation, precipitation. You know how we learn that in science? But he says the clouds draw up the rain and the rain distills in the clouds, then falls down on mankind. So he's describing the water cycle 1,500 years before science. So I say all that to say, we start to study that my, my faith is based on, oh, wow, the Bible is written by God, authored by God, but written by man. So just being able to defend my faith and why I believe what I believe has just been incredible. That's fascinating. I'm, I'm with you. I'm tracking with you on that. And if you go back, I'll ask you this question, Cheesecake Factory, for some time. Was it a big leap for you at all to go into entrepreneurship and ultimately into podcasting? Not really, man. <laughs> I was always trying to make a dollar. I was yeah. trying to do something. And I didn't like quit off of faith. I quit off of my plan. So I set a quit number. And I said, if while I'm working my job, if I can make X amount of dollars in my business consistently for X amount of months, let's just say if I can make $4,000 a month for the next six months outside of my job, in my business, and in my job, I'm making $4,000 a month. If I can replace my income and I do it consistently for four to six months, then I'll quit. So a lot of people ask me, when should I quit my job? When your plan says so, not based off emotion. So it wasn't a leap. It was like, oh, wow, I set my goal. I hit it and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Out of every other space you could have got into, why podcasting? Where did that passion come from? I don't know if podcasting was a passion. I've always been genuinely curious about how people succeed in life and how they make money and things of that nature. I got into podcasting because I was doing a conference at the time and I have all these speakers. And my thought was if I interview the speakers and I put it on YouTube and I promote the interview, people that see the interview might want to meet the person that I interviewed and they'll buy a ticket to the conference to come see that person. So that was my whole strategy on how I'm going to fill up this room. And it worked out pretty well, but I found through that process that I really, really, really love interviewing people and getting game and networking with people. And really the rest has just been history. I just kept going. You talk about a phobia of commitment. Do you see that often as you work with people, entrepreneurs? Is that something that kind of plagues people? Yeah, absolutely. People have commitment issues, period. So some people that have commitment issues in relationships. They have commitment issues in business and the trait just follows you. So it's not like I believe, like if we have an issue in one area of our life, it probably shows up in another area. So absolutely. People are just afraid of stuff, right? It's just, it's not for saying the business. I remember Darnell Self said this years ago. I was listening to him and he said, let's say a parent is abusing a child. And if the social workers come to get the child to protect the baby from this abusive parent, the child will cry to go back to the very parent that abused it. Meaning they don't want to leave the parent, even though the parent is abusive, because we'd rather have a known abuse than something unknown. I don't know where I'm going. So I'll just stick to my abuse. So we were just afraid of new things, period. It doing something new, period, and uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable situations, period. So uh, those are some of the things we got to deal with. Wow. I agree with you. And those are some of the things I share with when I work with entrepreneurs dealing with fear. You almost have to redefine what failure is. 
right? The, the fear of failure, right? And redefine what that really means. Give me your notion on what you think failure is. Not hitting your goal, but I think a lot of people fail because they don't have a goal to begin with. Or they have the wrong goal. Some people might feel like they failed because they didn't make $100,000 or $200,000. Let's say, for instance, my goal was to sell 10 t-shirts. I'm selling t-shirts for $25, and my goal is to sell 10 of them so that I can make the $250. Well, I can't force somebody to take $25 out of their pocket and buy it. So if I don't sell 10 t-shirts, I failed based on something that I can't control. So my idea is we should set our goals based on something we can control, which is the work, not the reward. So let's say, for instance, I say, it seems like if I start tracking this, out of every 30 people I ask to buy my shirt, about 10 of them buy. Well, I know I don't need to set the goal to sell 10 t-shirts. I need to set the goal to ask 30 people. That I can control. So I'm not a failure if I actually go ask the 30 people. Now, if I go out in the streets and I say, well, I'm only going to ask 15 people. When you said 30, you're a failure because you're just not doing what you said you were going to do. But you can control it. So we feel like we're a failure because we're setting our goals based on things that we can't even control anyway. And in the journey, how important is identity? Because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? And it's sexy and it looks cool in the beginning, but being an entrepreneur, it's a lot of nuance to it and, and it's daunting, right? So how, how important is identity in all of this? Vital. You definitely got to know who you are, but even more importantly is knowing who you're not. So I know that I'm not like a high level salesperson. I don't really <laughs> like sales. So me accepting that, I can say, okay, but what am I great at? I'm great at bringing people together. So if I can do what I'm great at, bringing people together, I can have somebody at the event that is good at sales and they could sell all the people that I brought to the event. So I can accept the fact that I'm not good at something because now I can cover my own flaws and weaknesses. I can cover my own shortcomings by using other people or systems. So yeah, that's that's, that's vital, man. David Never Sleeps now has over 200,000 subscribers. Obviously, the podcast, Social Proof, is rising up the charts. I think it's number seven on Entrepreneurship Podcast and 43 on Business Podcast. So you're really, really growing, right? At this point in your life, what is your definition of success? I guess there's so many different definitions because it depends on what you're talking about. Successful husband? I don't know. I think I... You'd have to ask my wife if I'm succeeding with that. <laughs> successful father, successful entrepreneur. I just believe the definition of success is reaching your goal. So if you reach your goal, whatever that is, you're successful. If you don't, you're not. I think you hit on nail on the head with the family dynamic, right? Like recently being married, having a child. Where does work-life balance kind of fit in that flow? Bro, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even- <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I don't understand. <laughs> Work life balance. I don't know. Meaning, like, would you, now that you have a wife and now that you have a, a child, that dynamic kind of shifts things a little bit as far as the pursuit, or it doesn't? Uh, yeah, no, 100%. I'm pretty much done, especially I have a new, well, my, my baby is one now, and I have an 11 year old. 
you just have to like be mindful. I think a good word for that is just being mindful. So yesterday, I know I had a long day, and I told my wife, let's just go out to lunch, right? That's me being mindful. I have a break in my day. I can be typical and fill it with work, which is easy for me to do, which is typical of me, or I can just take my wife to lunch. So it's just always about being mindful. So I'm typically always home by like five o'clock and I try to wrap up my work and my business and all that kind of stuff before that time so that I can spend time with my daughter and my wife and my my other daughter and my family. So it's just priority, man. I think it's important though to just figure out what you want your life to look like. So people think, oh, you dropped so many podcasts and so many episodes, but I only record on Wednesday. Like that's my day. I record on Wednesday. I don't record any other day of the week. And that's how I set up my life. For the rest of the week, I just do, you know, other stuff. So it's just important to know what you want your life to look like and just the things that are important to you, you'll you'll balance them in somehow. I totally agree with you. Boundaries and priorities. You know, I I personally refuse to grind, grind, grind and and not have my wife like me personally. (laughs) I (laughs) I think it's important that she not only loves me, but she likes me. And then my kids still like daddy, you know, so I get the sprints, no doubt. But to your point, the family dynamic is the ultimate for me. And I know it is for you. Self-evaluation. How important is that along the journey? Vital, vital. I believe everything should be evaluated on a regular basis. Not only, not only yourself, obviously you have to evaluate yourself. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you happy? Are you doing something that makes you happy? Are you pleasing other people? Are you doing anything for yourself? I think that's important, but you also got to evaluate how is business going? What are the numbers? Are we making money? Are we losing money? I think it's important to evaluate the relationship. How is this relationship going? You just got to continue. Like You can't just be moving forward. You can't just keep working without looking and evaluating what's happening. So it's very important, man. After some time, I, I allow my team to kind of give me an evaluation of how I'm doing as a leader. It's some of the most painful sessions. So after about a half an hour, which each person, it's almost like timeout. Okay. Because I want to get it. I want to get a scope of where I am in my leadership skills. And I think that's important to have people around you that can be your, your mirrors. And certainly marriage is the greatest mirror that I have in my life. You mentioned something that was profound. And I don't know if you remember saying this in one of your interviews, you really believe that podcasting will, in some cases, replace music. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you are the podcast king right now, and it's such a really, really interesting thing because all I do is listen to podcasts myself. So, explain that. That's a great point that you made. Yeah, I mean, like just look at what's happening when you ask someone a question of, "Hey, what do you listen to? What do you listen to?" I ask you, Michael, what do you listen to when you get in your car? Right. Podcast. Podcast. If I'd have asked you that same question like 10 years ago, you'd have automatically named a CD or an album. You'll say, oh, right now I'm listening to Jay-Z. Right now I'm listening to Future. You don't even say music because it's a given that you're listening to music. Right. Right? It's like, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to that new Rihanna. I'm listening to, right? But now <laughs> you have to ask the question, what are you listening to in your car? 
Is it music? Most people say podcasts, interviews, or whatever. We're seeing the change where we don't want to hear the same songs over and over again. We want information. So I've always been interested in talk shows and talk radio, and that's always been my thing, right? I would, I got to a point where I would much rather listen to nothing than music because the same songs <laughs> over and over again. Then I'm at work and the songs are stuck in my head and I just keep repeating the same songs over and over again. I, I just, I, di- I don't like that. So I think it's important that everybody has a podcast, maybe not everybody for making money, but right. at least for your ability to practice how to communicate, practicing communication and getting your thoughts off what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart and just getting it out. That's therapeutic. So I think everybody needs a podcast, man, because everybody needs a voice to listen to these days. A hundred percent. I think we're in the genesis of that too still. Like, I don't know if there's even a million podcasts out yet. We're close, but it's a labor of love for me, not chasing anything, but really to hear stories that inspire people. And I know you've done the same thing. Talk about your morning meetups, man. I I know you are consistent with that. Share a little bit about how that goes. The morning meetup is a community that gathers every single day, Monday through Friday, and we learn entrepreneurship. But outside of what's being learned, it's like the community and people that connect is just phenomenal. We have a book club. Last year, I think we read 13 books together. So the book club is like, we'll take a chapter out of a book and read the chapter. And then the next morning we discuss all discuss from 7.45 to about 8.15, you know, what we took away from that particular chapter. And we're reading books one chapter at a time together. So there are people who haven't read a book since high school that are reading full books that read a dozen books last year. We'll probably read 15 to 20 this year together. So we're all growing together. I do these events with the morning meetup where they just get to come for free and we just connect and we learn and we grow and, you know, it's like a conference. So it's a strong community of people. The morningmeetup.com is just, it's phenomenal, man. Just being able to connect with people on a regular basis. I get to teach. I get to learn. I get to invite my friends and, you know, other successful people to jump on there and all of the people on the calls follow that person. We literally have four to 600 people every single morning on the call. That's powerful. And that's such a gap for that. We're here in Columbus. Um, Yesterday, even I was in a meeting talking about the same thing, getting people together, galvanizing people. Now, is it online or is it on call or is it in person? It's a Zoom call. Zoom call. Okay. Okay. So like a, basically a virtual clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. And we're at, we're we're building an app. We're actually releasing the app. I believe we'll be re- releasing it this week. So we okay. have an app to, you know, kind of house our community. Visual. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. If you had to go back to your 16-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Just trust yourself. Stop being so worried about what other people think about you. People love you the way you are. And if they don't love you the way you are, they're just not going to love you, period. You're not even going to love you if you turn it into what they love because eventually that they'll get over that because you're not being authentic. So um, just trust yourself and just don't be so concerned because I would tell myself that at 16 because I still deal with it today to a degree. Well, with that being said, with all that you've achieved to this point, with your career, your family, what's next for David Shands? Continuing to grow. Our goal is to grow the morning meetup to 10,000 people. The objective is to be number one on the business podcast chart, number one on the entrepreneurship 
podcast chart and be an amazing husband and father. I love that. Simple. Simple, man. It's been an honor. It's been an honor. Thank you for your time today, David. And I know it's going to really encourage a lot of people out there. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. You're doing good work. You're doing good work. Thank you, brother. I'm I'm following in the footsteps of greatness, man. So I love people. And I know that's the thing that me and you have in common. You know, we want to access and platform people and you're doing an incredible job at it, man. So let's keep it going, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Anything you need, let me know. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. David said, you definitely need to know who you are. But even more important is knowing who you're not. By knowing who you are, you can truly play to your strengths. Today's conversation has been full of incredible insights. and We can all benefit from integrating these lessons into our everyday lives. Thank you so much for coming on the show, David. You can follow David Shands on Instagram at Sleep is for Suckers. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Michael Red. And remember, betting on yourself is the secret to your success.